Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Why are people defeated? Believers defeated by demonic powers. Why do we have many believers in the world dying under the influence of darkness? Why aren't people getting delivered? Why are people rebuking demon spirits every year? Every year. They're praying every day. They're praying every evening. They have become so convinced in their minds. Some have become so convinced in their minds that they'll never be free. They have accorded so much power to the devil that they invest more time in prayer against darkness than they do in fellowship with God. They even have prayers, hmm? morning prayers, afternoon prayers, evening confessions, night confessions, morning confessions, afternoon confessions, evening confessions. And they're telling them, if you don't confess these things, if you don't do these things, if you don't go this way, you will be possessed. The demons on your life will never leave you. The attacks on your life will never stop. And again, confession has a place in the Christian faith, in our warfare. Hallelujah. Because we're justified or condemned by our tongue. And whatever you bind is bound. You shall decree a thing and it shall be established. But for many people who are so lost in understanding how God works. Many of them, if you look at the total sum of their lives, they are actually addressing more demonic forces than they are relating with God. They are addressing more powers than they are relating with God. Many ministers, unfortunately, have actually accorded more power to the devil than God. They have defined more of what Satan can do and is able to do than what God is able to do. And it's our responsibility to help people. Now, today I'm going to go now to what we as the church are doing to the people. It's going to be a hard one, but it has to be said. That's the apostolic. Hallelujah. Don't judge the method. Judge the message. Now, in 1 Timothy, the fourth chapter, the first verse, and if you will read from the Amplified Version, he says, the Holy Spirit distinctly and expressly declares that in the latter times, some will turn away from the faith, giving attention to deluding and seducing spirits and doctrines that devils teach through the hypocrisy and pretensions of liars whose consciences are seared or cauterized, who, for example, these people which had departed of the faith started teaching doctrines that were not spirit-led. They were not inspired by God, but they were inspired by seducing spirits and doctrines that demons teach. In fact, if you read that from the message version, he says the spirit makes it clear that as time goes on, some are going to give up on the faith. I love that you emphasize that. Some are going to give up on the faith. 
People are going to go off the course from what God has given us truth. And some are going to then chase after. There's a chasing after of demonic illusions put forth by professional liars. So you find that people are walking away from the truth and they are chasing after demonic delusions. They invest money to go for certain conferences. They invest money to go for certain deliverance services. They invest money to go to certain prayer mountains. Now, if I say that, somebody will say, oh, you know, you are against deliverance, you are against prayer, you are against this. No, no. If you say that, then you do not know me. Oh, you have not followed my ministry closely. Go and see those YouTube videos. You'll see that I cast out devils. Devils scream out of people. You will see that the lame have walked. You will see that the blind have seen. You'll see that the deaf have heard. You will see that the dead have been raised. You'll see that tumors have disappeared out of people's bodies. You will see the impossible happening. Put on my crusades and see what we do. You'll understand that we really believe in deliverance. But what is deliverance? Because there is deliverance the way Jesus did it. And there is deliverance the way seducing spirits have pushed the church into doing it. And that is why we have people who have fallen under all sorts of deliverances. But they are not free. They are as poor as you first met them. They are as beggarly as you first met them. They are as sickly as you first met them. They are as stressed, frustrated as we first met them. Why? Because I have discovered it's not what the devil is doing. It's how sometimes we are teaching it in the church. Now, like I said, it's going to be hard, but I have to teach it. We have gotten to a place where some people, if you don't address spiritual warfare a certain way, then you don't understand God. No, 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 no. Listen, look at how Jesus addressed devils. And look at how the church today is addressing devils. You see that there's a problem. Now, when Paul says to Timothy, his spiritual son, that some are going to depart off the faith and are going to give heed to seducing spirits, doctrines of devils, men started speaking lies. Some knew, some did not even know. In fact, majority of them don't know because their consciences are seared. They're cauterized. And because their consciences are seared, in fact, majority don't know, I could say that. Because their consciences are cauterized or their consciences are seared, the place in them that should hear truth is not alive to truth. And so whatever comes in that place that hears God, they assume that it is God speaking. Yet it's their minds and doctrines of devils. Devils are speaking to their ears and they preach that as a gospel. It would not be followed. It would not be invested money into and men falling under such delusion if it was not so convincing. Understand me. And that is why you must understand the difference between spectacular and supernatural. Those two things are different. Study to be more supernatural than understanding the spectacular because not everything the physical eye in demonstration seen is actually of God. The Bible speaks of how men shall do false miracles. Somebody shout hallelujah. That's for another day. And so when these men came into the church with such demonic illusions, they forbade people to get married. They forbid people to get married. The Bible says they tell men not to eat particular foods. You know, don't eat this. Don't eat that. Don't eat this. Don't eat that. 
So they forbid people to eat certain kinds of foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and have an increasingly clear knowledge of the truth. See, so why are others eating? Others are eating because they are growing every day. They are in an increasingly clear place in the knowledge of truth. And some people every day are dying to the knowledge of truth and they do not know the difference. They do not know the difference. I'll give you a typical example. When I was growing up, I was raised with a young lady who was a neighbor of mine. And one of the elders in this ministry calls me, telling me that there was a lady which was always tormented by demonic forces. And she used to run mad. She used to go to the extreme of it. And so she went to a certain ministry and they used to take her there for deliverance. They call it deliverance. They used to take her to that ministry, very, very popular ministry in Uganda for deliverance. And they used to take her and deliver and take her and cast out today, cast out tomorrow. She rolls, you know, forms up and then eyes go in that skull and then she comes back. And so when our elder comes and brings this lady to me, I sit with this lady down because we knew ourselves, we were childhood acquaintances. And I told her the problem is not what you are dealing or you think you're dealing with. The issue is you do not know the truth. You see? Because some people, when they're teaching truth, they don't teach what the Bible says. They teach what the devil has done to people. And they start giving references. See? If this happens in your life, this is the demon spirit disturbing you. If this happens in your body, this is the demon spirit disturbing you. If this is happening in your mind, this is the demon spirit disturbing you. Let me tell you something. If it was so important, Jesus would have written a book on it to tell us every demon that is strangling every believer in the world, what it's called, how it comes, and how it goes. Do you think that the people Jesus Christ delivered in the Gospels did not have histories of where they got those devils? Don't you think that some of the people Jesus Christ met had aunties who bewitched them? Don't you think that some of the people Jesus Christ met had people to whom they had done witchcraft on their graveyards? Don't you think that some people Jesus Christ met had people who did sorcery on their lives? Why is it that Jesus walks on this man with the full knowledge of how even these devils came? And it begins from where the man is addressed as the devil and the man is free and emotion. Do you think that the Son of God did not have spiritual sight to discern where and how these demons entered people? He knew it. But why are we ignoring the Jesus pattern? and doing things the way God does not do them or could not teach them. One time I seated in a meeting of that kind, many, many years ago, I was a little guy, I was about 18 or 19, and then this man started saying, some of you, when you do this, this happens, and then you fall into losses, and there's a woman behind me screaming, that is true, pastor. So in my heart, I'm like, what is true? What is truth, firstly, before she defines that as true? Is she confirming what the preacher has affirmed is her present state to say that that is truth? What is truth? What is truth? When does Pilate ask Jesus Christ, what is truth? But he did not know that Jesus, who was standing before him, was the truth. Jesus is the truth. Anything within the mystery of Christ is the truth. Anything outside Christ is not true. It doesn't matter how factual it is. 
It doesn't matter how much it has been represented in the physical realm. How spectacular it is or how demonstrative or illustrative it is. If it is not defined from the revelation of the person of Jesus Christ, it is not true. Jesus is the way. He is the truth and the life. You cannot speak truth without Jesus. No one say, it's true. I am prophetic. I walk in the prophetic. Sometimes I want to pray for people and I can see that this person, why they're this way, perhaps somebody did witchcraft on them. And I could see the person. Perhaps I even receive a name. In my earlier years, I used to invest so much time even mentioning names and places and what was done to them because sometimes it was enough for them to believe me if I'm speaking of events where I have not been or they're sure that is beyond my own interpretation because that amazes them to say, wow, if it is true, this is so. But do you know why I stopped it? Because sometimes I would say something and then make this person lose the mind of what they're supposed to do with the information that is given. Well, for example, you tell them, see, I see an auntie of yours called Agnes or Rita, and she did this to you. And you pray for her, she's delivered, and then she gets angry at her auntie. That very auntie too needs salvation. She's still loved and God still wants to bring that woman to the saving knowledge of the truth. And this person is not stable to contain that truth. And then after you have prayed for them, next day you hear they're fighting with their auntie. They're telling everyone what their auntie did. And it's true, she's named and shamed. But you see, God also sometimes has a plan for even those which do witchcraft on these individuals. And sometimes by wisdom, as a matter of God, you deliver this individual. Don't cause them to look in the back and pray even for the woman you have seen who did it. And God can tell you, no, pray for her, intercede for her. She will come to the saving knowledge of the truth. And after separating this individual, I go home and pray for them. That does not make us inferior ministers. We are wiser. We are wiser. I can only mention events and names only when the Spirit says there is wisdom in mentioning it. Only when. Are you hearing me? But not many ministers understand the difference. Not many believers understand the difference. Let me go a bit deeper here. And so, this lady goes to the services. I tell her your problem is not what you think you're dealing with. Your mind needs to be renewed. She didn't understand me. And I prayed with her, shared words with her. And I remember sitting her on this table one day in a restaurant. And I told her, the Lord tells me, if you go back for another deliverance service, you're going to die. Because your problem is not deliverance service. It's not going to be fixed under a deliverance service. Your problem is bigger. It's here. It's in your mind. Oh, okay. Thank you. She did not listen. This woman goes back. She died in that church under the arm of a man praying for her. She died in the church. So I know what I'm telling you. I know what I'm telling you. She died in the church. They were casting out devils. I've seen two or three people die in the church when they were praying for them and demons were screaming out of them and they died in the church. So how or why would a child of God die in the presence where life is. Something is wrong. Something is wrong. That's what is not said. Those are the names that are not counted. Jesus never had a man die in his presence. That was not Jesus. A man possessed. Casts them out and these men go home. Somebody shout amen. That's when I discovered that some of the things that we are teaching in the church are not of God. Now, let me go a bit deeper. I hope I'm speaking to people who are mature enough to understand where I'm coming from. 
There is something called forbidden wisdom. It is not a mystery that is easy to demystify because not many people are able to understand. But I'll try with the language that God has given me to help you understand this. There's some called forbidden wisdom. Things that exist in the spirit realm but are forbidden because they are not beneficial to the sons of God. They're not beneficial to the sons of God. Everything beneficial and is hidden in God is available to glorify God and to bring glory to the children of God. He speaks of a wisdom that was hidden afore before the foundations of the world. And God ordained that wisdom, he says, for your glory. That is the wisdom Paul preaches as in a mystery. 1 Corinthians 2.7 That's the wisdom Paul preaches as in a mystery. Some people think Paul is just preaching, oh, Jesus died and is raised from the dead. Let's cast out devils. No, Paul went to the place of a wisdom and he found a wisdom hid in God. It was mysterious. It needed a demystification. It was hidden. It was not visible for every man available, even though they were born again. Should be, but was not. And so he goes into that wisdom, understands how God works, and then he brings that wisdom to men through the gospel. And he says, but that wisdom, when Paul is walking in there, he discovers that it was ordained for before the world was founded for our glory. Somebody shout hallelujah. Before even the earth was created as we know it, that wisdom existed that any man which can access it, it's the wisdom in the light. If any man can access that wisdom, the Bible says it's ordained for the glorification of the sons and daughters of God. So anything hidden in God is for your glorification. This is what I say. Nothing should be demystified or gotten from the hidden things of the spirit realm if it is not bringing glory to God and to the son and daughter of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Nothing should be dug out if it is not bringing glory to God and glory to the children of God. That's what Paul is telling us here. That if there is any wisdom that we speak in a mystery, all of that wisdom we're giving you was ordained before for your glory. So nothing from the world of things hidden should be dug if it's not bringing glory to God and to the Son of Man or Son of God. You see, do you understand that? As a teacher of the gospel, I am not to bring out things hidden if they are not glorifying God or bringing glory for you. Some people dig out things hidden that bring shame. They dig out things hidden that bring destruction. They bring out things hidden that bring death. They bring out things hidden that bring decimation. They bring destruction. They don't even know the difference because the conscience is seared. So everything hidden, if they can have access to it, if in any way it has some paranormal activity to it, if in any way it has a certain amusement to the soul of man, 
then for them it is mystery and it is taught in the church. Not many people understand what I'm saying. But as I continue to preach, you'll understand what I'm saying. What is occultism? What does it mean to be occult? Or to deal with the occult? What is the practice of occultism? What is that? What is occultism? Let me explain what occultism is. Occultism, or the occult, comes from a Latin word called occultus. And occultus means something hidden, a hidden secret, clandestine. To say occult is to mean hidden knowledge or knowledge of the hidden. Knowledge of the hidden. That's what it means to be occult. When we are in the realm of men's sin, anything measurable, anything that can hypothetically be drawn and proven, that's the realm of science. So when you're talking about, for example, medicine, medicine is science. It's in the realm of measurable. Theories are drawn after hypothetical tests are done and they arrive to a prognosis. They arrive to a diagnosis. They arrive to the idea of how do we treat this individual on things that are measurable, okay? It's the science. It's how science works. So somebody can be dealing with demonic spirits and we are dealing with them from the realm of science. You see? Oh, you know, this person has a mental issue. Recently in the world, we're having a lot, a lot of mental issues. People are running mad. There was a time I was in the United Kingdom in a certain area and they told us almost all the mental hospitals in this area are full. People are getting depressed. People are getting into manic depression, psychosis. People are struggling with bipolar, split personality disorders. People have issues in their minds. And scientifically, science, the doctors, they're doing what they can. And some are helped, but some cannot be helped. Because what you're dealing with is more than just a mental issue. And they will not observe it. They will not admit it because they are in the world of what is measurable. They're in the world of what they can only interpret by observation, physical observation. When we get to the spirit realm, many of them cannot explain why people have what they have. I'll give you an example. One time I was in a church somewhere in Virginia and, and I'm preaching in the middle of a service. I look at this lady and I say, you woman, I don't know what, but there's something wrong with your mind. There's something wrong with your head. And this lady says, uh-uh, there's nothing wrong with me. There ain't nothing wrong with me, she said. She said, there's nothing wrong with you? Nothing wrong with your mind or your head? She said, no. You don't have any head issues? No. She said, okay. I continue preaching. After about six or seven minutes into the preaching, this young girl stands up, runs to the end of the building and bumps her head in the wall. Poof! and she falls down. The pastors don't know what to do. They run, start praying for her. They're panicking. Sister tells me the girl has been dealing with bipolar. Why is it that when I called out, that spirit immediately manifested? Do you understand what I'm saying? We need to understand that nothing you see in the physical realm cannot be explained in the spirit realm. Nothing. But we also need to see it 
from the light of truth. Now, I'm still explaining about occult, occultism. It is the knowledge of what is hidden. So what fascinates them is the things that are seen in the mystical world, like I said, the paranormal world, the unseen world, but have a lot of effect in the world that you can see. Again, it's human nature to dig out inventions. The Bible says man was created right, but they dig out, they engage themselves in many inventions because the human spirit has a certain appetite of the things that are unknown, of the hidden things. The human spirit is naturally that way. That's why at one point you see Paul, he goes in a city and the Bible says the guys used to gather every morning to know what new thing had come up. Yeah? You see that? So man is made upright, Ecclesiastes 7.29. But the Bible says, but they have sought many inventions because we are curious people. It's within us. Look at Genesis. Why do you think man fell? Satan writes at the curiosity of man. He knows it's within man to be curious. So he comes to them in Genesis 3. He says, did God say that you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? He's creating curiosity. And he's directing Eve and Adam to the place where they must go. He knows where they're going. But remember the Bible says the serpent was subtle beyond any beast. Now you might think, oh, how could Adam do this? I tell people, it's easy for you to judge Adam and Eve. But if you can imagine for a moment that from the time Adam was created to the time he met Eve and they're communicating, they had never met something that speaks like them. They'd never met something that speaks their language. Every animal, every creature in the garden was speaking its own language. And for the first time, they find this thing speaking a language they can understand. It's not easy. Because they're asking themselves, how did this one know this language? Anyway, he said unto them, has God said that you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Ah, oh, that's a big one. Has God said that you shall not eat of every tree? He's trying to draw them to the tree that they should not eat. He's trying to make sure that Eve can point out to the tree that is forbidden. Remember, he's using subtlety. He's not dumb. He's not misquoting God in ignorance. He knows what he is doing. Somebody shout hallelujah. And so the woman says, no, God say that we shall eat of every tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Knowledge of good and evil. Does that ring a bell? Knowledge of good and evil. Knowledge of good and evil. Why does God test man from that realm? Eat everything, but don't eat the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There's something within that is hidden, but is not beneficial for you. If you open that door, you will die. And Satan now goes to that door. And it says in verse 5, For God doth know that in the day you shall eat thereof, your eyes shall be open and you shall be as gods. Small. Gods. Are you hearing me? Knowing good and what? And evil. And when, listen, the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also to her husband with her and ate. Remember, Bible says she saw the tree pleasant to the eyes. She never used to see it that way until Satan spoke. That means that there was vision 
in the words the serpent spoke to Adam and Eve. The temptation is in the fact that as the devil was speaking, not only did he have a language, but he had the ability to cast vision. Otherwise, how could she see it beautiful all of a sudden? Why wasn't it beautiful before? You see? So it's pleasant to the eye and a tree to be desired to make one wise. And I've talked about this once or twice. That when she said she saw a tree that can make a man wise, that's a spiritual vision. Because wisdom cannot be seen with your physical eye. Who is following what I'm saying? So, she brings wisdom to vision. Satan casts wisdom and the thirst, that longing to connect to that which is hidden that can make man wiser. That is exactly what Eve falls for. And then she eats the fruit. If it was just good for food and pleasant for the eyes, maybe, just maybe, she would say, uh-uh, some things are also pleasant to eat. But this could make one wise. She had never had a vision of eating something that can make you wiser. Accessing a knowledge that you don't have access to. And that is why they eat. And indeed, like the serpent said, the eyes of them were both open. And when they were opened to a certain wisdom in the spirit realm, the Bible says they both knew that they were naked. They didn't find themselves naked. They knew there was a knowledge that comes to Adam and Eve that you were naked. Before that, that knowledge was not with them. It was hidden. It was hidden to Adam and Eve that they were naked. Somebody shout hallelujah. It was hidden. It was not necessary for them to know that they were naked. If it was important for them, God would have showed it to them. And I'm defining forbidden wisdom. Defining forbidden wisdom. That is why humanity is in trouble. It accessed things it was not supposed to access because that which it tried to access was by deception given to them or man with the expectation that they were going to become better. Are you following me? And instead, we were subject to death. That's what God meant by you will die. Because if you access certain wisdoms, they're not there for your deliverance. They're there for your own destruction. Satan has not stopped pulling that trick. So when he says in Timothy that men shall give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, a man goes with a mind that is seeking God or reading the Bible, and in there, a certain voice comes to him in the name of revelation and wisdom and it is forbidden, but the man knoweth not because he has not yet understood God. Like I said, this, what I'm teaching, is so far from many people. So I'll understand if the majority watching don't understand this. But as you grow in God, you'll tell the difference. You'll understand why Paul says that we are not just preaching. No, the wisdom we are preaching, yes, was hidden, but the one we are preaching was hidden in God. Not just in the spirit realm, no. It was hidden in God. It was with God. And some don't go in or with God. They dig out from another place and then bring realities of things that are hidden. Can I go a bit deeper? Do you know I have read ancient texts, extra biblical texts, and I've discovered this, that if you read, for example, in the days of Noah, okay, 
how the sons of God, the angelics come and then copulate with the daughters of men and then produce the giants on the earth and how these giants sink in water and then the spirits out of them cannot go to heaven and then create Nephilim. Now, in the days of Noah, that place of wickedness and how the Nephilim spirits are begotten in the earth and how they start falling on certain individuals and one of which, one of the first people to receive a Nephilim spirit was Nimrod. He became a mighty one on the earth. That's the spirit behind the building of Babylon, the spirit and the system. You must understand these things because they are ever rebellious. They'll continue to be rebellious. In fact, it has been discovered recently that some scientists went looking for bones of giants. They found a certain skull of a giant. They want DNA and genetics build something out of that. It's so funny how far the sons of men can go. I've, I've read about it somewhere, but it's not for today. Now listen, do you know how the earth becomes so wicked that God wants to sink it? Many forbidden wisdoms were accessed and given to the sons of men. For example, do you know that abortion began in the days of Noah? Have you ever thought about it? How it came into the mind, the first time it came into the mind, of how a man can enter a woman's womb and remove life. Have you ever thought about it? That somebody one time got the idea of removing life out of a woman without cutting through her body, without using anything to enter her body. Can you imagine the science of how a pill is made and somebody swallows it and it kills life in their womb? Can that be spirit-led? Can that be God-led? But abortions began in the days of Noah. If you read ancient manuscripts, women were given things to drink and kids came out. So, by what inspiration does somebody get that wisdom? The fallen angelics. The Nephilim also started teaching people later on. But even before that sinking, that experience of drowning the earth, it was existent. The Nephilim continued that. Let me ask you another question. How does a man make an atomic bomb? How does somebody wake up and make an atomic bomb. Where do they get that kind of wisdom? Do you think it's just science? Does somebody just wake up and make an atomic bomb? How does somebody make a nerve agent? You saw one of the Asian guys, a woman just put chemical on their forefaces, it was like water, and the man in just a few minutes was suffocating and dead. How does somebody invent that? Do you think it's just normal human wisdom? How do they make poisons? High-level poisons. These days they make poisons. They just put it on your plate and it dries on the plate. They give you a plate, you serve food on it and it kills you within six months. Kills your organs every day and you die in six months. They can't even track where you took it from. Do you know that some diseases are made in the lab? Do you know it is believed that some sexually transmitted diseases were made in the lab? Who sat in a lab and started making? And this is the thing about forbidden wisdoms. It's so funny. I've read it in ancient scripts. They which make usually have the cures. Why? It says that he causes, but also you have to go to him for the cure. So how does a son of man access that kind of wisdom? Forbidden. What about the doctrines in the body of Christ? that are actually in the realm of forbidden wisdoms. Let's discuss casting out devils, for example. Have you ever read about Mesopotamian exorcism? Very old wisdom in how the Mesopotamians used to get demons out of people. 
this was the order. Somebody is possessed, you bring the client to the person. Why? They were exorcists, right? You bring them to an exorcist, and when you put them before them, they now create a ritual. Singing, dancing, and conjuring other things, and then they start healing or delivering this individual. And it takes hours, some days, some weeks, and then they create homes where people which are possessed can come and be with them as they're being what? Delivered. And incantations are spoken over them and prayers and, you know, things are declared over their lives and certain things are invoked by benevolent forces to help them. And then one, two, three, four weeks or two days or six months or three months, you come back for your person when they are okay. Does that ring a bell? Does that ring a bell? Did Jesus have deliverance rooms? Did Paul have deliverance rooms? Did Peter have deliverance homes? What's happening to Christians? If you can't cast out a devil, it does not mean that it is strong. It only means that you don't know how. Men come to Jesus and say, why couldn't we cast out this devil? I thought Jesus was going to tell him, uh-uh, this one needs a few days. You need to lock it up. And people are locked up. They are put in chains and they're screaming and their respect is taken and they are oozing things and people are looking at them like animals. You know, people with reputation are under, you know, chains and screaming and everybody's looking at them. No, no, at least you'd rather take them to rehabilitation and they put something in their body and they sleep. By the time you meet some people, they don't look like they're human beings. And they say, oh no, they're under deliverance. The glory of a son of God is lost. Their reputation, the respect even God has for them. This devil knows that these people dealing don't know what they're doing. So what does it do? It will tear this individual. And the dignity of a person is taken in the name of deliverance. Jesus never robbed men of dignity under deliverance. He said, no, if you can't cast this thing out, he says, this kind desires more prayer and fasting. Not the devil. Jesus here is talking about unbelief. He says, however, this kind goeth not away save by prayer and fasting. He's not talking about the devil. Some people have actually preached that portion of scripture to mean that certain devils go away by prayer and fasting. No, read earlier. You realize when he's dealing with his disciples, they ask, why could we not cast out these devils? And Jesus tells them that because of your unbelief, he says, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you'll not only rebuke this devil, you'll talk to a mountain and tell it be removed from here and be thrown to yonder place and it shall remove and nothing shall be impossible to you. He's talking to them about the power of possibility. And he says, how be this kind of faith, of belief that you need to deal with this kind of devil is prayer and fasting. You need to learn a life of prayer and fasting. Why? To build yourself up. To establish yourself up in a faith enough to stand before any kind of devil and you deal with it. But many say that these kinds of devils are taken away by prayer and fasting. So I'm asking, why did Jesus come if some devils need to be prayed for and fasted for? Listen, we're not supposed to pray for people demon-possessed. We're supposed to cast out devils. He says, go ye in the world, heal the sick, cast out devils. You find one with a devil, you don't say, Father, help them, we repent. No, you cast it out. You 
Because nothing shall be impossible with you. Who is following what I'm saying? Egyptian exorcism. Egyptian exorcisms are. They don't believe that a demon can leave somebody except if you have to first have rituals where people have to first dance and then praise and that's when demons leave. And people would think that way. That if you don't do a praise service, a demon will not leave a person. Does that sound familiar? Yes. For them, if you're in a deliverance service first, they have to first do praise and worship. If they don't worship, the demon won't leave. Did Jesus first meet a man with legion and say, thank you? No, 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 no. He finds a man with legion and he tells them, get out! And they are out. Why aren't we doing it the Jesus way? Why are we complicating what God made simple? And when Paul saw it, he says, I fear least by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety. He says, so your minds, he didn't say your spirit, he says your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. So what is supposed to be simple? You've been corrupted from everything becomes complicated. Some demons, you have to fast 20 days. Some demons, you need to separate yourself on a mountain. And then when you tell them, you say, hmm, that man doesn't know demons. No. I'm not supposed to know demons. I'm supposed to know God. This is eternal life. To know the one true God and his only son Jesus. Jesus did not come teaching about demons. He came teaching about the kingdom of God. Do you know how many people have stayed bound? I'll give you a typical example. There was a girl who had a very extreme, extreme manic uh, disorder. And they took her in a mental hospital in Uganda. She was called Robina. And they tried to treat this young girl. Tried. They couldn't get anything. The parents tell one of our ministers, Apostle Emma, that we have failed to get demons out of this girl. We failed. The parents are speaking. She's manic. Apostle Emma calls me. Tells me Robina is in a mental hospital. How long has she been there? Two weeks. And I told Apostle Emma, let them bring her to me. I said, let them bring her to me. When they brought her to the church, some of you were there. I said, I'm not going to cast out anything. Put her there to hear the message. She listened to the message once, twice, the third time she was free. Without casting out any devil. Because the word of God, the gospel, is the power of God unto salvation. We did not take time to address which demon and where it came from. We did not take time to teach her which demonic force and how these powers of darkness worked. We just gave her the word. And the word did what it was supposed to do. I told you. Soon I'm going to give you a video of a lady. She's a clinical psychologist. She says there's a guy who was so, he was bipolar. And they failed to fix the guy. They failed to fix the guy. Medicine failed to fix the guy. She gets a madman and gets earphones. And the man starts listening to Apostle Grace's sermon. And she says, uh, he says, I want more. They find he's mad. He does every, but when he puts this thing on, he just can't stop listening. She says the man listened and listened and listened and the man became sober. And now they come to this nurse and ask her, how did you do it? And she told them, look, these things are spiritual. And she did it with another patient and that patient too was healed. Ephesians says that we are seated far up 
above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not in this world, but also in that world which is to come because that's where Christ is. And the Bible says, God has put all things under Jesus in whom we are and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all things. The body of Christ is the fullness of God. How can we be tormented by devils? Forbidden wisdom is deceiving men that they need two weeks of deliverance. No! They just need to come to the knowledge of the truth. Did he not tell you, put on the armor of God that you might be able to withstand the tricks? He called them tricks, not the power. He called them tricks. He called them wiles. I will insist this again. It's a mind thing. It's in your mind. The devil is tricking you to make you think that you are bound. You are not bound. For who saw the sun sets free? They are free indeed. But we're dealing with forbidden wisdoms that are coming from darkness, not from light. Because if it was coming from light, the moment it is revealed, it should bring glory. Not shame. Not shame. People are tired and they are oozing things out of their mouths and they just can't get free. If you cannot cast it out, it doesn't matter how big it is, the problem is not that. No, you have to fix yourself, man of God. Would Jesus come and say, tie them there? Would Jesus tell them, leave them there for a month, two months? Would Jesus do that? Would Jesus do that? If Jesus wouldn't, then who is teaching us? Who is teaching us deliverance? Who is teaching us? Why can't devils leave men? Why can't devils leave you? Refuse. I said refuse to be subject to deception. The wisdom from above is peaceable. It's peaceable. It brings peace, not bondage. Somebody shout hallelujah. It is gentle, not aggressive. It's full of mercy and good fruits without partiality, without hypocrisy. That's the wisdom from God. That's the wisdom from God. God is calling us to build enough shield in faith that we can walk to any demon and tell it walk out and it should hear. It should hear. I'm no longer slave to fear. I am a child of God. From my mother's womb, you have chosen me. Love has called my name. I've been born again to a family. Listen, your blood flows through my veins. I'm no longer slept to feel. Tell me quiet. I am a child of God. I'm no longer the slave to fear. I am a child of God. Sing it again. I'm no longer a slave. 
I'm a child of God. Child. Let me decree this. Greater is he which is in you than he which is in the world. What that means, your cultural demons are smaller, he says, than he which is in the world. It means even if you were to get all the demons in the world and put them together, God in you would still be greater. It's a knowledge issue. I decree and I declare that you shall not be subject to the torment, to the oppression, to the disrespect and manipulation of demonic forces ever in your life. And that those God will bring in your way to help by the word of confession, by your faith in God and who you are, you will rebuke and these devils will leave. Jesus said that it is finished. It is done. We were called to serve God in freedom and liberty because the Son of God sets free. And who saw the Son sets free is free indeed. The challenge is that people have been set free by people, but not Jesus. But if Jesus sets you free, you are free indeed. May you proclaim something and say, I'm done with this and it will never return in your life. May you say, I refuse what I dreamed and it shall be enough. You won't need to repeat it. Why? Because the freedom of God, the liberties of the Spirit are with you in the mighty name of Jesus. If you're free, give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. Proclaiming your freedom. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, clap for Jesus. Clap for Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Whatever demonic oppression has been in your life right now, mention it by name. It leaves now. Power of God is delivering you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If you've never given your life to Christ, I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. All you need is to say these words. Say, Father, I thank you for the gift of Jesus who came to die for my sins and was raised for my glory. Tonight, I receive you Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. Amen. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero. Make manifest.